Quick warning for drivers, this episode of IOM Recommends contains traffic sounds and the ambient soundscape of a city. Cindy Lee, known to the world of electronic music as CL, has called Toronto home for around a decade. Like, well, now here, uh, dispensaries, weed dispensaries, there's like weed dispensaries everywhere, but it's not like cool, you know, they're like, like frozen yogurt shops, you know, like they're just not... (laughs) They're not cool. An upbringing split between China and upstate New York has given her a unique perspective on everything from the city's vibrant food scene to the steady creep of gentrification and ubiquity of the dreaded condo. We couldn't wait to learn what she loves about the city she calls home. Without further ado, today, IOM recommends Toronto with CL. IOM recommends local scenes, global conversations. Okay, I'm ready. Perfect. Cool. So, please could you introduce yourself and just tell me where you're from, where you grew up, how you ended up in Toronto? Okay. Uh, my name is Ciel. Um, well, my real name is Cindy Lee, but I produce music and DJ as Ciel. I am a member of this woman. I have records out on various... I have to say most records I've put out have been on British labels, I think. Uh, some American labels like Ghostly International, but generally like Coastal Haze, Peach Discs. Uh, I just put out a collaborative EP under a new project called Cloud Steppers on X Calais. Um, and yeah, I uh, am a artist of Chinese ancestry. So I was born in China um, and I grew up there until I was like around like seven, eight. Uh, and then we moved to the U.S. and I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up in the, um, I spent like my, my teenage years in the capital of New York State, which is not New York City. It's actually called Albany uh, and um, lived there until 2000, and at which point we immigrated to Canada. And uh, just before 9-11, we like we beat it by like a couple of months. And then we I went I finished high school in like a suburbs outside of Toronto and then went to university uh, and where I learned how to DJ. And uh, then I lived in South Korea for two years where I taught English and then moved back here and giving you my life story. And I lived uh, in Toronto since 2010. So when that's when I came back from Korea, because um, Toronto is like city, city, but I never really lived in the city until like I was an adult, really. Um, and I got my own place and um, started to DJ a bit in the city around like 2000 and. 13, when I started out back then, I was playing soul, northern soul, uh, funk, and disco. That was like the music I really loved a lot. Um, but when I started out learning to DJ, like at, in community radio, I played all sorts, you know, of music. I love like post punk and like shoegaze. And like that's when I really first discovered electronic music. Uh, I've been a hip-hop DJ, too. I really feel like I've DJed so many different styles, but um, really since 2015 is like uh, me kind of focusing on just electronic music. So what do you like about Toronto? I like that Toronto is 
a melting pot. Uh, you know, that's kind of like the first thing you hear about it when you move here. Um, you know, Albany, not that diverse, especially living, growing up there in the 90s. You know, I was like the only Asian kid really in my entire school. Um, like, didn't really see a lot of brown kids. Most of my friends were either white or black. Those were the only races I knew <laughs> when I was growing up. So when we moved to Toronto, like, or the, the greater Toronto area, when we first moved here, I was like pretty culture shocked. I had not seen so many different types of faces, ethnicities and, and all of that. And I, that's what kind of like made me fall in love with it. Um, after I got over the initial uh, culture shock, you, you really kind of can sort of experience everything here. And I also find that in Canada, there's less of a pressure to assimilate um, culturally into the blob of like being a Canadian, um, whereas like um, no shade, but it's just something I observed in the U.S. I think there is way more pressure to assimilate into the blob of a patriotic American, uh, whether you are, uh, you know, Indian, if you're like Arabic, Persian, it just feels like um, there's so there's all these tests in your day to day to prove that you're like American. Um, and there's definitely some of that here too, but I feel like it's less so in Toronto. You're more free to just, you know, you could stay in your community and maybe not even learn perfect English and still get by and that's okay. That diversity is reflected in so many things, in the food culture, in the art scene, and in the music scene, for sure. When I first learned to DJ, John Peel really like inspired me. Uh, like, back then and I, I thought, you know, this guy played everything. It didn't matter. And I kind of uh, still kind of inspired by that um, ethos uh, in how I play. So when I think about Toronto, that's sort of like how we are here. You know, the scene's not perfect. There are a lot of problems and there's a lot of fractures for sure, um, divisions and, you know, but uh, when it's really, really good and you're at the party and you're listening to the local DJs spin and they can play so many different genres. That's like everything that's magical about here. I've never been, but I'm dying to go. Next question. Um, where'd you like to go to eat in your city? Oh, wow. Oof. Uh. <laughs> well, um, that's hard to answer because a lot of things have changed a lot because of COVID. And a lot of things have changed a lot because of gentrification. A lot of restaurants I loved aren't open anymore. Like, um, but I love Island Foods. Uh, it's amazing Jamaican, uh, like Caribbean food. Uh, it used to be really close to me. Unfortunately, they closed down that location because they're building a condo there. Shocking. Um, but they do have another location. So I think it's okay to still recommend it. Um, uh, it's just a bit further out from me, so I never get to go. But I love it. They have the most amazing shrimp roti. I like that place because most food... In, I mean, I'm pescatarian, so there are a lot of things I can't eat in a Caribbean restaurant anymore. Because um, before I was pescatarian, I just always get jerk chicken but you know now i don't do that anymore and i loved island foods because they had really good fish options like fish and like shrimp and like 
I also love um, uh, this Chinese restaurant called Papa Spicy. It's like Northern Chinese food because I'm from the North and uh, of China and um, it's really spicy. It's um, really just super flavorful. And then I really love this restaurant that my friends opened called Otto's Berlin Donor. It's, they opened it years ago. Um, they were the first restaurant in the city that were doing like donors, um, like in that style. Because here in Canada, we have like East Coast donors, which uh, are like, um, like a Canadian fusion of like donors, but like, I never liked it because that style has this like white sauce on it that's like incredibly sweet. And I don't like meat with sweet sauce. I just think that's weird, <laughs> like really strange. Um, and it wasn't until I went to Berlin and I tried like a donor and I was like, wow, this is so delicious. Um, and uh, it was really cool that they opened a restaurant like that here. Um, there's also uh, Hamoto, uh, the restaurant that I take so many, so many DJs out to because it's a really yummy kind of Japanese izakaya restaurant um, in like a pub style. And uh, everything that you get on the menu is like insanely delicious. And also like kind of the way that the presentation is, like there's this one that's like, like um, there's like, I, I mean, I can't eat it anymore, but I always get it for the DJs if they eat meat and it's like, um, it's like a fried chicken and stuffed inside the fried chicken is like a dumpling. It's crazy. It's like, <laughs> it, yeah, it's really, really, really good. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, right now, these days, I don't really go out to eat that much anymore. Um, uh, we just order a lot, which is really bad. Um, or we go out to wine bars. So, I mean... I have many wine bars to suggest to you. <laughs> my next question, where do you go to drink? <laughs> um, well, in my neighborhood, uh, oh, I forgot. I forgot, I left off a restaurant. Um, sorry. I live in, uh, gotta give a shout out to my neighborhood. I live in a neighborhood of Tor- Toronto called Parkdale. It's kind of like a working class immigrant neighborhood. Actually, when I was in Peckham, it reminded me of Parkdale quite a lot. Um, like a lot, a big Indian population here, um, uh, Caribbean population here, as well as the largest Tibetan population outside of Tibet. So there's really yummy Tibetan food in my neighborhood, all within walking distance. And I want to give a shout out to two restaurants, Garlic and Himalayan Kitchen. They're really, really good for especially vegetarian and vegan because of because Tibetans are generally Buddhists, um, not all of them are vegetarian, but some of them are. So a lot of these restaurants will offer everything in the option of vegetarian or vegan, which is like really important <laughs> uh, to me and many of my friends who are also vegan. And it's just so it's it's really tasty and flavorful because like. You know, I really shy. I wanted to go vegetarian or like to quit eating meat for a long time. And it was really hard um, because my impression, I'd eaten so much bad vegetarian food that was like not well seasoned, um, you know, gross. Um, But I feel like when you eat more food that's not 
made by white people. <laughs> uh, you know, the vegan food is way, uh, the vegan and the vegetarian options are just way tastier, way more well-seasoned, really flavorful and like spicy. So yeah, I love, love those places. It takes that jump. It's hard at first going into the vegetarianism, but like you say, once you find the good spots, I don't even miss the meat. I don't know about you. <laughs> cool. So where do you go to drink? Where do I go to drink? I mean, uh, before COVID, I always went to Bambi's because Bambi's was like our neighborhood watering hole. It's like, do you ever watch that sitcom called Cheers? Uh, it's like an American sitcom and the theme songs like, you know, come like where everybody knows your name. It's like, it's like that, like Toronto's a big city, but the scene is like a small town and almost everything is kind of concentrated in the West End where Parkdale is and where um, the neighborhood like Bloor Court or, or like, sorry, uh, Little Portugal where Bambi's is, is all in the West End. And, you know, I can walk to Bambi's. It's like a 20 minute walk. And uh, it's also like the the club where all the the local scene plays and we book DJs there. Um, it's really small. It holds like a hundred people, but um, it, yeah, like I've, but a lot of DJs, the first time they play in Toronto, they play at Bambi's, like international DJs. Yeah. I've booked like Bruce, Batu, um, tons of people, like, like DJ Sotofed says that that's the only club he'll play in Toronto. Or if we're, if we're going through a bad, like, venue, like, uh, crises in Toronto where there's no venues, everybody just ends up using Bambi's as, like, old, reliable, as, like, you not, you can't make any money if you book something there, but, like, it'll be a good party, and that's, like, the most important thing at the end of the day. I love, uh, there's a wine bar down the street from me called Apres, like, A-P-R-E-S, uh, they have like small plate, like um, Japanese food with like really nice, like natural wine, uh, you know, like sparkling um, stuff like that. Like Toronto is a little slow compared to the world. The natty wine thing kind of like went through everywhere else and only kind of hit here like about a year and a half ago. Oh, but wow. then it like exploded during COVID and I like um, Happy Wine and Bar. That's also in my neighborhood. Uh, don't leave my neighborhood, really. <laughs> um, and then uh, I really like uh, the spot that m- my friends opened called Grape Crush. Um, they've got wine that's like a bit more affordable and then uh, there's a really cute listing bar um, that is in Little Italy, and it's called Little Jerry's. Uh, they're like friends of the community that opened up, and it's a it's a listing bar. So there's like really nice sound system, turntables, lots of DJs play there for like they bring their like chill records. I've played there uh, during COVID, you know, bring my like city pop records and stuff and no dance music. And um, they have a really nice wine list and, uh, and really yummy, like small plate of food, like, you know, steak tartare and, and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that, I think those are the, the spots. Yeah. The go-tos. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, where do you go to dig for records? Uh, well, my I'm really good friends with uh, Gary Abugan, who runs uh, Invisible City. Uh, and um, that record shop 
has been around for a really long time. They're also a reissues label and uh, they're also DJs themselves. His, he runs a shop with his partner, Laura Shute, who DJs as Milch. Um, I don't know if people are familiar with it, but they are part of the more like selectors scene, uh, which, you know, I'm less part of, but like we're really good friends and we could chat about music. And every time I go there, it's like, it's not just digging for records, you know, I'll hang out for like hours, we'll have drinks. And, and they have amazing selection of like, secondhand records, old, like, 90s, like, you know, electronic music, even though they're, like, their reissues label is really more focused on the selector side of things. Um, the record shop really has, like, so much more beyond that, you know, you, there's, like, amazing, I found amazing jungle, amazing hardcore there, and, like, I think what it is is that because their name is recognized, a lot of, especially among like heads in Toronto, a lot of old DJs that are retired will sell their collection to them. And so like you just get access to things that are out of print, really hard to find on Discogs. And this person has really been kind of holding on to for so many years and you see it again and that's like, it's so sick, you know, and they, they get collections all the time. Then uh, Invisible City used to be uh, Gary and his friend Brandon, but they split up. And Brandon now has uh, his own shop called Seance Center. And uh, that shop ha- carries like incredible music as well. And that one is like, um, like I just haven't gone in a really long time. So I feel like maybe I'm being like, pretentious by name dropping them but i want to give a shout out to like the the djs from the local communities who opened up record shops i mean that kind of brings me to my next question um which you probably answered a little bit there but what are your favorite local cultural organizations that could be like labels or um i don't know radio stations collectives anything um my friends started a radio station called ISO Radio. It stands for In Search Of. I think they only broadcast like five days a week, um, but uh, they are an internet station um, and uh, it's basically a platform for local DJs. They're, they've, they've been around for a few years. Uh, they recently moved to a better location that's closer to the West End, where all the DJs live. <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to give them a shout out. And the two people that run it are really lovely people. They're part. They're part of the the kind of bass and garage scene in Toronto, and uh, they're just really solid, uh, dedicated people. So that's one. You know, I want to give a shout out to my label (laughs) um parallel minds uh we're just working on our next release we just got the pre-masters so like we haven't released anything because of the vinyl delays they're just like brutal and we weren't sure if we were even gonna release more vinyls because of it but we're gonna try and hack it Uh, my friend trippy nonstop ran intercessions uh they haven't done an intercessions for a while because of covid uh, so I wasn't sure if that was still a thing. And these days, she's mostly just still throwing parties. But uh, Intercessions, I think, is like 
super important uh, to have, I think, in every scene where you offer a space for women of color and queer people to learn how to use and practice on decks. Um, so it's a DJ workshop. They've done production workshops as well. Um, most of it's focused on like CDJs, but we've done a few vinyl workshops. And so I think that one's really cool. Um, my friend, uh, Pursuit Grooves, she is involved with a monthly like um, in-person jam session where producers uh, basically are all given the same sample in the beginning of the class. And then they flip the sample and then they share the work at the end. Oh, and my friends run a crew called On Earth. Um, it's a really cool uh, party series, but again, I don't know what they're doing right now because there are no venues. <laughs> it's so sad when you say it like that because it's, it's true. I feel like the men in suits will not be happy until the world is just apartments. And, yeah, they just and, like, want like, apartments, shop. shopping centers, offices, um, and and if you make art, you got to do it on some stupid, huge social media like platform mm-hmm. and uh, give it away for free. And yeah. that is the nature of like, <laughs> that's what they want now, you know, and I find it really, really disturbing. I don't know. It's running, we're running out of um, cities in general that are fighting the art scene's fighting it i mean we're in london we are i think you know there's still pockets of it but every time something really special happens here it's like just a matter of time before it gets knocked down or you know something happens and it's um it just disappears it's like the saddest yeah. thing to yeah. watch constantly Exactly. I actually thought of something else. This one I do really, really, really want to give a shout out to because it happened that they started it during COVID. A bunch of my friends during COVID, um, during the first year of lockdowns, uh, they started building a custom sound system as well as a DJ booth that is all kind of attached to a rig that has wheels on the bottom. And uh, they can attach the rig to bicycles like the first party i went to this summer like after a year and a half of not partying was like their party it was like at the bottom of the city the bottom of the city is where the lake is and there is um and there's like a like a long stretch of a beach and there's like this thing called like leslie spit which is like um it's like a peninsula made of garbage I don't know. <laughs> it's like an artificially um, created peninsula made from garbage. And it's not accessible by car. You can only walk there. It's like nature trails, nature garbage trails. There's nothing around you except water, like 180 degrees of water. And um, no cops, no one else around you. And uh, it was so special. It was really, really special. And it was a tiny party of like 50 people, I think, maybe at most 100. To me, that's that's the true rave spirit, you know? Like making do with your limitations and uh, just doing it yourself and not waiting and learning how to do it from watching YouTube videos, 
uh, asking people um, who share the knowledge and pass down the knowledge. You know, there's something that's almost like um, like folk culture in how rave culture is, is like, you know, we don't have books really or instruction manuals. It's like passed on from our elders, right? Like who just orally, they tell us how they do it. And then we, you know, jot notes and we do them. And so they have been really inspiring to me. And um, I do want, and they're called Best in Town. So I want to give them a shout out for sure. Where do you go to escape? This can be like a park or a library or any kind of city space. I mean, okay. There's a physical space and there's a non-physical space. The physical space is like going to um, Sunnyside, which is um, a park that's just like about a 25 minute walk from my house. Um, I filmed documentaries there. I filmed my my RA breaking through feature, like all the pictures were taken in that park. It's by the water and I just find it very peaceful. There's an abandoned like amusement park there and um it's just like whether you go there in the middle of winter or the summer i go on a lot of walks with my friends to that lake i've had a lot of very heavy conversations at that lake it's a good place to go when i need to like move my limbs and not just sit on my butt for hours and hours and days on days so that's kind of where i go to escape physically I found during COVID, um, like, escape in watching films. Films were, like, a way to escape this painful reality of COVID lockdowns. Um, But during COVID, I couldn't just do music all the time. So I kind of rediscovered things like, like film. I got really into skincare. And these were, like, little, like, hobbies that sort of, like, were able to give me a distraction or escape or a point of inspiration. Like, I mean, I'm really drawn to movies with amazing sound and amazing music. Uh, I love seventies horror, for example, watching films that just, um, and like sci-fi and like, it's an escape, but it's also, um, something that like I can take back with me into my day to day. So interesting how you've integrated that into your practice now. What's your favorite movie that you watched? If you could choose one over lockdown. Oh my God. Over lockdown, if I had to choose one, I can't choose one. I mean, I just became really obsessed with 70s David Cronenberg movies. Okay. And then my last question is where in Toronto would you say is overrated? I feel like the food scene here is amazing. Uh, without a doubt, because there's so many immigrants here that it's really just like, I think the most um, multi-ethnic food scene uh, in one of, like, for sure, like in, in terms of like that regard. Other than that, I don't, I don't know. It's become a haven for um, kind of uh, predatory real estate developers. So if I had to answer... What's the most overrated? Every single condo and real estate developer um, developed um, building in this city. But yeah, it's been so great to talk to you. I can't thank you enough. Yeah. It's been thank lovely. you. I was like, it's only going to be 20 to 30 minutes. It's fine. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, for me, it's perfect. For you, I'm like, you probably want to get on with your day. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out. It really has. Yeah, thank you so much.